Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ethan, on me! I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night! If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm gonna take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. What up, what up, fantasy football hustler, back at you, and oh yeah, we are bringing you the Bucket of Truth series. Listen here, you beautiful bitch, I'm about to fuck you up with some truth. And here we go. Already broke down the linebackers, the top 12, so if you haven't seen that video, go check it out. If it's your first time on YouTube, subscribe. Make sure you smash that now. Hit the like button. Get it out of the way. I'm going to be breaking down all the IDP positions first, and then I'm going to get into offense. You guys can find offense anywhere. I'm going to get into that, but we're getting into IDP first because we got to break it down for people who are starting up Dynasty Leagues right now. If you want to get into a dynasty league, make sure you go get signed up on my website, fantasyfootballhustler.com. Get into the community, guys. We got one dynasty league that is already filled and it is already drafting. We got a second league that is filling up right now. And there's gonna it's gonna keep going. And then we, when we get to redraft, more is gonna be coming too. So it is just a good time to get into the community. It's not just about the advice, it's about the community aspect of it and everything that we got going on. It is awesome. And don't forget, make sure you go support some of the sponsors that we got going on here. Check out the description in the video. We got Thrive Fantasy. Make sure you go get signed up. They are bringing you daily contests and they're giving away free money. All you gotta do is use my promo code FFHustler420. Go download the app today. We also got True Root CBD. I love these guys. I just got another one of these rollers. It is great. If you got aches or pains or anything, you just rub it on, rub it on your body. It's it's a little menthol feeling, so it's gonna make it kind of it's gonna make it kind of warm up a little bit, and you're just gonna feel it right away. It is awesome. And then go check out cannabisnow.com, biggest cannabis magazine on the internet. Go check it out. And don't forget about your boy. Go check out the Fantasy Football Hustler merch. Yep, get it. And you know I got a code for you guys. 20% off. FF420 is the promo code. Go hit it up, guys. All the links are in the description. Thanks for sticking with me. Before we move forward, don't forget, this is based on IDP123 scoring. If you want the breakdown for IDP123, make sure you go check out the video that we just dropped earlier this week. Me and my man Jordan from IDP Army were on there kind of breaking it down and how it works. It's easy. That's what it's all about. It's about making it easy. If you're not playing on sleepers, Pretty much every dynasty league that I'm getting into is on sleeper and IDP one two three. It has QB hits involved in it as well. Sleeper is one of the only ones that actually has that stat. Like Yahoo doesn't have it, ESPN doesn't have it. So this list is kind of like designed for sleeper because on sleeper there's a lot of players with dual eligibility, guys who can play uh, D line and linebacker because they're edge rushers. So I just want to put that into perspective. I, I made sure to mark off who those guys are who have the dual eligibility. And now. Here we go. I said, are you ready? 
First player on the list is TJ Watt. Okay, and he is one of the guys who has dual eligibility. He is pretty much a cheat code. On every other platform, he's a linebacker. He's an edge rusher though. So on sleeper, he has D-line eligibility. Top scorer, 306 points, over 20 points per game, just killing it. Uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, make sure you go check it out on YouTube because I got all the stats up here. He made his money on the sacks. I mean, 15 sacks, 90 points. It accounted for 29% of his points. Solo tackles, though, 28% of his points. He had 43 solo tackles that accounted for 86 points. Tackle for loss, that was his other big category, 23 tackle for losses, 46 points, 15% of his total points. He didn't play week 17. I hope you're not playing in week 17 because if you had a guy like TJ Watt, you wouldn't even be able to play him. So make sure, moving forward, we are not worried about week 17. How about some of his boom games? So 12 of his 15 games were double digits, super, super consistent. And then nine of his 15 games were 20 plus points killing it just making a difference on your squad week 15 and 16 20 plus points in each of those weeks so just absolutely carried you through the playoffs and the championship and it's two big games here week 12 versus baltimore 32 points and then week two versus denver 30 points anytime your defender gets you above 30 points it's just making a difference and it's probably going to be one of the reasons why you win that week second man on the list we got another guy with dual eligibility zadarius smith packers he got double teamed a lot as well, and he was still able to get shit done. 233 points, 15.5 points per game, number two in, in scoring for a D-line. He was making his money on his sacks. You guys already know that. 12 and a half sacks, 75 points, counting for 32% of his total points. Just killing it. The solo tackles, that was his other big stat. 35 solo tackles, accounting for 70 points, 30%. So just those two stats alone, I mean, that... That's over half his points. Week 17, I, I'm going to throw that out there because you shouldn't be playing in week 17. One solo, one assisted. So only three points. I mean, it's only 1% you know, of his points. So week 17, I mean, it was a wash anyways. Some guys, they scored really big and it kind of affected their stats. This didn't really affect his stats. He had one solo and one assisted. That was it. Played 83% of snaps, double-digit scoring in 12 of 15 weeks. He had a couple big games, not as many as TJ Watt, but two out of his 15 games were 20-plus points, so he was killing it there. Week four versus Atlanta with his 45-point game. Woo! Made a difference that week for sure. Week 10 versus Jacksonville, 20 points. Like Anytime your defender gets 20-plus points, it is really making a difference on your squad. All right, Aaron Donald, the number three scoring D-lineman and the first true D-lineman on here. 225 points, 15 points per game, 13 and a half sacks, 81 points, 36% of his total points came from sacks. So he was disrupting his solo tackles. That was the second biggest stat, 27 solo tackles, 54 points. That was 24% of his total points. The tackle for loss, 14 tackles for loss. 26 QB hits, 18 assisted tackles. I mean, he had a lot of stats. He was all over the place. He was a disruptor. Week 17, three solo, one assisted, two tackle for loss, only 11 points. That was still 5% of his total points on the season. And week 17's a wash because nobody's playing week 17. He was on the field all the time, 85% of snaps, double-digit scoring in eight of 15 weeks, super consistent. Three out of 15 games, he hit the 20-plus mark. So, whoo, couple big impact games for sure. Week five versus Washington, 44 points, huge. Week three at Buffalo, 36 points. Huge, huge, huge games. 
So when it comes to everywhere other than Sleeper, I mean, Aaron Donald is pretty much the top guy on Sleeper where there's, there's, some, there's a handful of linebackers that also play you know, edge rusher who are considered D-line on Sleeper. Aaron Donald is not 100%, you know, the top guy. Jason Pierre-Paul. Another buck in the top 12. In the linebackers, we had two bucks that were in the top 12. And now we have our first buck here, the number four scoring defensive lineman, Jason Pierre-Paul. Dual eligibility because he plays linebacker and D-line on sleeper. Everywhere else, you're only going to be able to play him as a linebacker. 222 points, 14.8 points per game. His was, it was solos and sacks, but he had more points from the solos. 34 solos, 68 points, 31%. Then he did from the sacks. He had nine and a half sacks, 57 points, 26%. That was still where he made all his money in the solos and in the sack category, just killing it. Had a little bit of all the categories for sure. 21 assisted tackles, six pass defend, six passes defended, 14 QB hits, seven tackles for loss, two interceptions, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Week 17, three solo and one tackle for loss. So eight points. Wasn't a lot, but it accounted for 4% of his season total points. Kind of throw that out the window. He was playing all the time. 89% of snaps. He was on the field. Double-digit scoring in 12 of 15 games. Super consistent. Four of 15 games, he had over 20 points. So he had some big, big impact games. The biggest game on the season was Week 10 versus Carolina, 24 points. That was a huge game for him. And then he had two games where he had 23 points, Week 6 versus Green Bay, and then Week 8 versus the Giants. Whoo, big, big-time games right there. Number five on the list here, tied for fifth, DeForest Buckner getting back to another true defensive lineman. 219 points, 15.6 points per game. He did miss a game. So kind of like JPP DeForest Buckner, he got more points from the solo tackles. He had 37 solo tackles for 74 points. That was 34% of his total points. He nine and a half sacks, same as JPP, 57 points on that, 26% of his total points. He had a lot of QB hits. He was always around the QB, 26 QB hits that accounted for 26 points, 12% of his total points. And assisted tackles, 21 assisted tackles. He racked up a lot, 10% of his total points came from that. Now, he's someone, he racked up a lot of stats in week 17, so kind of take it for what it's worth, but you wouldn't have got these points, you know, if you had if you had him on your squad. Uh, in week 17, three solo, one assisted, two tackle for loss, two sacks, one pass deflection, 28 points, 13% of his total points. So that, that's kind of crazy. 13% of his total points came in week 17, which would not have benefited you at all. So just something... Kind of to take with a little bit of a grain of salt. Played 75% of snaps through week 16. Did not play week 12. Double digit scoring in 9 of 14 games. Super consistent. He had a bunch of blow up games. 4 out of 14 games were 20 plus point games. Killed it. Week Houston. He just killed Houston in general because his two top scoring games are week 15 versus Houston. 36 points. And then in week 13 versus Houston. 27 points. So he owned Houston last year. Leonard Williams, tied for fifth in scoring with DeForest Buckner, 219 points. Another true defensive lineman. He's not one of those dual eligibility guys. 14.6 points per game. Now, he played all 15 games, so that's why he had a little bit less points per game than DeForest Buckner. He was making his money on those sacks. 11 and a half sacks for 69 points. 69, dudes! 33% of his total points came off of those sacks. Pretty awesome. 
He's someone, we'll see if he's with the Giants. Let's see if they re-sign him or not, or if he's going to be on to greener pasture. 29 solo tackles, 58 points. That accounted for 28% of his total points. He was around the QB a lot. 30 QB hits, 30 points off of that, 14%. Assisted tackles, 28 assisted tackles, 28 points, 13%. 14 tackle for losses, 28 points, 13%. He had a couple other stats on there, but he was a little bit top heavy with his stat categories. Week 17. Now, here is something just like DeForest Buckner. Leonard Williams balled out in week 17 when it literally made no difference to anybody who had him on their team. Five solo, two assisted, three sacks, three tackle for loss, five QB hits, and one pass defended. 44 points. 20% of his points just came on this one game alone and you got no credit. Do with that information what you will. That was his best game of the season and it did not help you at all. That sucks. Now for the season, 73% of snaps, double digit scoring in eight of 15 games, super consistent, not as heavy on the 20 plus point games, two out of 15, he did hit 20 plus points. Week 13 versus Seattle, he got 29 points. And then first week of the season when nobody owned him, I'm sure, unless you play in a, a deep dynasty league, 21 points versus Pittsburgh. And you probably didn't have him then because he made my free agent videos week and week again because he just kept balling and he was very low owned. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Miles Garrett, the number seven scoring D lineman in 2020. He did miss two games, so that's why his points per game are a little bit higher here. 215 points, 16 and a half points per game in the 13 games that he played. He was a sack machine. Tackling you. 12 sacks. 72 points, 33% of his total points came off of that. 33 solo tackles, 66 points, 31% of his total points came off of that. 31% of his total points. Tackle for loss, got 10 of those, 20 points, 9%. QB hits, 18, 18 points, and 8%. Didn't do too much in week 17. He's got some other stats here. We won't worry about the low-hanging fruit. Week 17, three solo, one assisted, one pass defended, 10 points. It counted for 5% of his total points. You know, not too bad. Because he missed two games, he only played 70% of snaps on the season. Double-digit scoring in 10 of 13 games was very consistent. Those three games, he didn't hit double-digit scoring. I mean, it was pretty bad, though. Three out of the 13 games, he had 20-plus points, so he had, he had a couple of the really, really big impact games. Week three versus Washington, 28 points. That was one of the things that kind of made Washington the team to play your defensive lineman against because Garrett had that really huge game. Week three, 28 points. Week seven at Cincinnati, 25 points. He had some big games. He had some big-time games. He's probably going a little bit higher than I want to draft him, though. Let, let's just... Let's just keep it real. I, I probably would let someone else draft him because of how high he's going to get drafted. He's not going to be drafted as the number seven defensive lineman. I doubt it. He's probably going to be drafted as like top three, top four. Montez Sweat, someone who's got dual eligibility in sleeper, D-line and linebacker. 
Number eight scoring defensive lineman, 207 points, 13.8 points. He was super consistent. 28 solo tackles, 56 points, 27% of his points. Bunch of sacks, nine sacks, 54 points, 26% of his total points. Tackle for loss, 12 tackle for loss, 24 points, that's 12%. And 20 QB hits, 20 points, that's 10%. Week 17, he balled out a little bit. Week 17, four solo, one assisted, one sack, one tackle for loss, and three QB hits. That was 20 points. That equated to 10% of his total points in week 17 where it made no difference for you. Compared to the other guys, he was he was more efficient because he wasn't on the field 80%, you know, of snaps. He played 66% of snaps and he played every single game. Double digit scoring in 9 of 15, so the consistency was there. 4 out of 15 games, he hit 20 plus points, so the big big games were there as well. Week 7 versus Dallas, 25 points. Woo! Big time game versus Dallas. And then two games, he had 22 points there. Week five versus the Rams. And then week 14 at San Francisco. So Montez Sweat, someone who doesn't get a lot of credit. Someone who's a baller in the fantasy world. Brian Burns, Carolina Panthers. Some of you guys might not even know his name. Dual eligibility, D-line and linebacker. The, tied for the number nine scoring D-lineman in the league. 205 points, 13.6 points per game. 35 solo tackles, 70 points, 34%. Nine sacks, 54 points, 26%. Very similar to what we just saw. 23 assisted tackles, that's 23 points and 11%. 21 QB hits, 21 points, 10%. Week 17, he did not play. So all of those stats are just from those 16 games. He played 76% of snaps. It's still a lot of snaps for someone who you're plugging in at, at a defensive line position. So we just remember that. Defensive linemen don't play like linebackers do where they're all playing like 90 or 100% of snaps. You know, these guys are getting rotated out a lot. Double-digit scoring in 9 of 15 weeks. 6 out of 15 games, though. 20-plus points. So he had a lot of big impact games. Week 11 versus Detroit, 28 points. And then week 15 versus Green Bay in your playoffs, 26 points. Doing great. There's not a lot of bad things that you can say about him because he over-exceeded expectations. I don't think there was one person who had him in the top 12 you know, on any list that I saw, someone who will be a late draft steal, that is for sure. Even if the Panthers offense gets a little bit better because Christian McCaffrey's back, maybe they get a QB. It doesn't matter. The, the They don't have that many defensive stars. Guys like him, the cream is going to rise to the top and guy like Brian Burns is going to keep getting his stats. Harold Landry, someone who's got dual eligibility as well, tied for ninth in scoring, 205 points, 13.6 points per game. Solo tackles, that's where he was at. That's where he was making his money. 46 solo tackles, 92 points, 45% of his total points. He did have a handful of sacks, five and a half for 33 points, 16%. He's someone who very much exceeded expectations as a D lineman. I mean, linebacker, you know, he's a run-of-the-mill linebacker. When you put him in a defensive line, tied for ninth in scoring. So these are the kind of guys, if you are playing on sleeper, these are the guys that you got to have in the back of your mind and who got to be on your list somewhere. If you are playing on Yahoo or on ESPN, guys like this are not valued as high because they can only play linebacker and they are not amongst the top scoring linebackers. Week 17 accounted for 8% of his points. He had 17 points in week 17. One of his better games for sure. Do with these stats what you will because they count for the season. They just don't count 
for the fantasy season. More of an edge rusher and sleepers, you know, eyes. 94% of snaps. So he's a guy who is on the field all the time. Tied with Brian Burns in points. He was on the field a lot more. Brian Burns was just a lot more efficient. So that's what we have to remember. Like snaps is not the end all be all stat, you know, for guys for IDP. I like to show it because every little bit of information helps. But if a guy plays 90% of snaps compared to 75% of snaps for a defensive lineman, it doesn't mean that you always need to start the guy who's getting 90% of snaps, it really is is depending on who is being more efficient with their time. And I would say that's a guy like Brian Burns if we're comparing the two. Either way, both of these guys were guys that you were happy to own. I mean, if you have a, line, a defensive lineman that finishes in the top 12, you're stoked. Either way, I'm just putting things into perspective. Double-digit scoring in 11 to 15 games, very consistent. Three out of 15, 20-plus points. Week 9 versus Chicago, 21 points, and then he had two 20-point games. Week 2 versus Jacksonville, and then Week 11 versus Baltimore. All right, an oldie but a goodie. J.J. Watt, 204 points, same points per game as the, the two guys right in front of him. Literally just a one-point difference, so 13.6 points per game. Tied for 11th in scoring at the defensive line position. Now, unlike TJ, JJ is a true defensive lineman. So literally anywhere you are going to be able to plug in JJ Watt as a lineman. And he, you should be plugging him in as top 12 lineman. Just is what it is. If he wasn't getting like double and triple team, like every single play in 2020, he'd probably have a lot more sacks than five. He only had five sacks. 30 points, 15%. He made all his money on the solo tackles. 36 solo tackles, 72 points, 36%. Just because a guy like J.J. Watt isn't getting sacks, it doesn't mean he's not getting points. He was tied for 11th in scoring for a defensive line position. That is great. He was a DL1. What more can you ask for? He just had a lot of his stats spread out. 14 tackle for losses, 28 points, 14%. Seven pass defended, 21 points, 10%. 16 assisted tackles, 16 points, 8%. He was doing it. 14 QB hits, 14.7%. He was filling up the stat sheet everywhere. Week 17, for him, it, you know, it was an okay game. 11 points, 5% of his total scoring. 86% of snaps, double-digit scoring in 8 of 15. 4 out of 15 games, he had 20-plus points. And he had two games where he hit 26 points. Week 2 versus Baltimore, and then Week 13 versus Indy. I cannot wait to see where J.J. Watt goes. There's going to be a lot of speculation right now. Uh, Green Bay is someone who seems like they're in the mix. Pittsburgh, obviously. If he's going to go to a place where he's just going to love it and be reunited with both of his brothers, <laughs> that would be crazy. Like, if all three Watt brothers were on the same team and... And they went and like won a Super Bowl or contended for a Super Bowl. Like I'm sure that's like their, at least their parents dream. Like that's for sure. So we shall see, but I cannot wait to see where he goes. Free agency cannot come soon enough. To round out the list, we got another dual eligibility linebacker, def defensive lineman, Shaq Barrett, another buck. So in the top 12 linebackers, we had two bucks. On the top 12 of defensive linemen, we've had two Bucks. You know there's people who still say that the Bucks defense wasn't that good? I have no idea what's up with those people. Those type of people... Bucks are good, and Shaq Barrett is one of those guys who was balling. Same as J.J. Watt, 204 points, 13.6 points per game, 
solo tackles that that's where he he got a lot of sacks but solo tackles was where he made his money 43 solo tackles for 86 points that was 42 percent of his points eight sacks for 48 points 24 percent of his points it was big time Shaq Barrett was balling all over the place tackle for loss QB hits, assisted tackles. I mean, those were his big categories. He didn't even play in week 17. So literally all of his points were from week 16. That is one thing that you can say over J.J. Watt is Shaq Barrett literally got those 204 points in the fantasy season. J.J. Watt did not. He was on the field a lot too. 84% of snaps, double digit, native 15. Three out of 15, he went over 20 plus points. Week three versus Denver. 34 points week 14 versus minnesota if you play in a 16 playoff format that was the first week of your playoffs 27 points killing it killing it the bucks front seven was just unreal i'm two videos in and we've already talked about four players off of their front seven let's think about that defense wins championships baby We made it, guys. We made it all the way to the end. We broke down the entire top 12 at the defensive line position. Go ahead and treat yourself. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. Blow it up. My final thoughts on this. The defensive line position, it does change a lot from year to year. There are certain names on Sleeper who are a cheat code. We went through those guys. The guys who have dual eligibility, linebacker, defensive line, guys like TJ Watts and Darius Smith, those guys are cheat codes on Sleeper. You know it, straight cash, homie, straight cash. One thing I will say, you don't have to go defensive line really early. There's gonna be a lot of the names at the top. There's guys who the name value will be drafted in the top 12 who weren't even on this list. You know, there's guys who are drafted literally because of the names. I'm not saying don't draft those guys, but I'm just saying don't jump for those guys. You know, you can hold off a little bit. If someone's going to jump, let them jump. There's enough defensive linemen to go around. The most you're probably starting in a league is two, maybe three, and you're still going to be able to, especially if you're rolling with me, you're going to know some of these deeper defensive linemen. So don't be jumping for those names. Go for some linebackers, you know, early, and then you can come around and swoop on some defensive linemen that are just going to make a difference and be solid guys who you drafted a little bit later. So thanks for sticking with me, guys. Thanks for rolling with me. We got the defensive backs video coming out soon, too. Listen here, you beautiful bitch. I'm about to fuck you up with some truth. Bucket of Truth series, baby. I am breaking down every single position, top 12. I'm going to circle back before I do offense, and I'm going to break down. Linebacker 13 through 24, and then D lineman 13 through 24, and then DB 13 through 24. Be on the lookout for the DB video that should be here in the next day or so. I will see you guys later. Peace out. Defense on me. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans.
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.